without further ado, let's get into the word, right? <laughs> so I want to take us to a scripture, and then we'll pray. The scripture is Matthew 8 and 23. This is a famous scripture that many of us have heard before, and um, God is going to do something special. Do you believe God is going to do something special? All right. And it says this, and when he got into the boat, the disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. So the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he, talking about Jesus, was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. <laughs> and he said to them, why are you afraid, O ye, O you, like that's King James, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? I want to speak to you from the title, Anchored. Look at your neighbor and say, Anchored. 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 Let's pray. Father God, thank you that we are anchored in you. Thank you, God, for giving us the word. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for power. Thank you for authority. I am your vessel. Use this mouth, these hands. Everything is yours, God. My life is yours. Give us revelation. Let the word come into our minds, our soul, our spirit, and never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to start with a, a, a survey and a question I have for you. This storm was, they were worried about, is it going to take you out? The question is, when life storms come, are you anchored? Now, they were in a literal storm, thunder, lightning on a boat, right? A little scary. But we know that the storms of life come. How many people have ever experienced a storm before, right? A storm could be job loss. It could be financial hardship, health challenges, relationship challenges, loss of a loved one. It could be even a season of anxiety depression, life storms. And when life storms hit, and they do hit, in fact, raise your hand if you've ever had a life storm, right? If don't, you don't have your hand, that means you don't want to participate with me or you are a newborn. Even newborns <laughs> had a storm in life, right, coming out. They're like, oh, that's why they come out crying. <laughs> life comes with storms. And know that not all storms are the same, right? Some of us are saying, well, you know what? My family needs me. The storm's life in my family, I'm there. Denise, you know, just, you know, talking about her, she is a super storm trooper. I mean, you talk about when it hits your family. I remember I, I came, and I, I told the story before. I, I, we moved to Tampa. I got a promotion in my uh, business and lost my job. And I remember I was like, we just came to Tampa. We don't know anybody. We got little kids. What are we going to do? I remember they were like, you can move to San Francisco, move to Pittsburgh, but you can't stay here. And I remember I crying in my car, and I told Denise, she's like, the devil is a liar. And so, you know, she and got me up out of my little tear party, and here we are today. God is better than ever before, right? So that's a storm that we can overcome, but some of us are like, yeah, yeah, I got that storm. But what about when financial hardship hits? Can you be anchored in the storm? Maybe like, well, pastor, I'm great with financial things, and, you know, I, I don't mind that. But let Brother Bobby come to work smelling good with a fresh lineup. He got his curved cologne on the cool waters, and all of a sudden, you're ready to <laughs> risk it all. <laughs> Maybe Sister Susan, you know, says, oh, well, you know, you're cute, <laughs> and you're cubicle, and you're ready to go down with the ship. The storms are different. Every storm 
affects people differently. But we all have to be anchored. Anchored. Somebody look at your neighbor and say anchored. Important part that we have to do is that remember the storm that you've already been through. How many people here, if you, God's, when you were in the middle of the storm, it felt like there was no way out, <laughs> I, right? When you were, and yet you came through. I've been in one of those storms where you're like, this is the end. <laughs> Quick story, I was on an airplane. It was actually over Tampa. I was on a business trip, and there was lightning and thunder in the sky, and I was like, this is it. I said, you know, I was thinking, well, I got life insurance. The fact, you know, when the captain sounds scary, that's when it gets real scary. Like, hey, guys, uh, we can't land right now. Uh, we're just going to circle. I'm like, we can't circle up here. There's lightning and thunder. What do you mean we're circling? I remember thinking, I was like, well, God, this is it. Uh, I just want to do the sinner's prayer one more time just in case I didn't get it right. And yet, <laughs> I may, I'm here with you today. Sometimes in those storms, you're like, this is it. But somehow God takes us through. That's why God had the Israelites say, when you come over, when you pass over into the promised land, I want you to remember this. I want you to celebrate this because that builds our faith for the next storm. He said, get some smooth rocks, and I want you to tell the future, tell, tell the future generations what God brought you through. That is how you stay anchored in your faith. But I believe many of us, and I've been one of them, I was that guy on the plane I was that guy in my car crying that time when I lost my job <laughs> that we're running around like the disciples, right, because we're human. Let, let's be honest, right? Sometimes we miss it, and I was running around frantic, and the disciples were like, God, you don't care about us, Jesus? You don't care? We're, we're going to die. We're going to die. And they had seen enough, and I had seen enough in my life to know that God was a provider. I had seen enough to know that he was going to come through. And those men following Jesus every day knew that he was, some even knew he was the Messiah, and yet they were still scared. And Jesus looks at them, and I believe in a stern but loving way, what are you afraid of? I believe sometimes God is looking at us. And, I, and again, I'm not talking, this is your first day at church. This, is, this statement is not for you, <laughs> right? If you're brand new to Christ, God is like, just come here. I'm going to love you. I want to hug you. I want to embrace you. But if you've been with God for a long time, God's like, what are you afraid of? Remember that time I took you through this? Remember that time you were scared about this? Remember that time when you were a kid? Remember that time we took your Do you remember that time? What are you afraid of? Oh, ye of little faith. And I, I read that scripture. It's almost, kind of, it's almost condemning, right? You're like, oh, goodness. Me of little faith. That sounds pretty bad, Jesus. And then we come with the prayer. We say, Jesus, give me greater faith. How many people have ever prayed? I need more faith. I need more faith. Nobody. Y'all need to pray better than all. <laughs> no, actually, you guys are quite, um, you guys are theologians, obviously, because when I, when I read that, I, that's how I feel. I'm like, God, I need more faith. I need more faith for the situation. It's a big storm. I need more faith. And I was reminded about the scripture that says, even faith the size of a mustard seed move a mountain. So don't you think those disciples had enough faith to weather the storm? So it wasn't that little faith was the issue, it was lazy faith. So lazy faith is when you don't apply the faith you have. So can I tell you something? Look at your neighbor and say, work what you got. No, I want you to really say it to say, work what you got. Work what your mama gave you. Work what God. <laughs> work it. Right? Work it. I think about the widow who came, and the prophet, and the prophet came to her and said, can you make me some bread? And she said, all I got is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And, he, and, and, and what did he say? Work what you got. Make me the bread. Put it in God's hand. You may only have a little faith to make it through today, 
That is all you need. Then make it to the next day and take that faith. Make it to the next day. Some of us want these amazing moves and wonders, and God wants that too. But many of us need to start working our faith muscle. It takes time. My daughter has expensive taste. She likes, I asked her what she wants for her birthday. She said, I want lobster, Daddy. I said, well, uh, you need a job first for that. Um, <laughs> but I think about the process. I said, right now you got peanut butter and jelly uh, money. Um, she got, there's a process, right? And many of us in life, we want to see God do lobster miracles, but we got peanut butter and jelly faith, you know? But guess what? Work what you got. I told her, go, go in there and work that peanut butter. Work that jelly. Make you something. Happy birthday. You better work what you got. <laughs> there we go. Work what you got. Another revelation I got from this is that this. In Matthew 8 and 23 and 24, it says this, and it's in the ESV version. That's why it's nice to read different versions because you can pick up different pieces and content. And it says this, it says, they followed Jesus to the boat, and then the storm came. So I'm following Jesus on the boat, and then a storm comes. Can I tell you something? Following Jesus is not the absence of storms. Following Jesus is the answer to the storms. Now, what does that mean? This is going to be some breakthrough for somebody, and I've been there before. God, I'm a... God, I follow you, God. Why is this happening? God, I go to church every day. I'm not like my cousin Pookie and them who, they don't even go to church. And, 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 and they got money, and I'm broke over here. God, what's happening? God, God it, it, real stuff, right? Like, God, how can you let my daughter die? How can you let my husband die? My, my, my son happen? God, how can you do this to me? I follow you. I pray. I do these things. Imagine the disciples say, this is the Messiah. We're going on a boat, and it's going to be smooth sailing, and they got hit with a storm. You ever been hit with a storm while following Jesus, doing the right things? Can I have a quick disclaimer? When I talk about storms, I'm talking about things the enemy sends your way. God is, <laughs> there's this uh, belief that, oh, God is putting me through this so I can learn from it. No, 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 no. The enemy sends storms, but also life is full of tribulations. The Bible promises in this life you will have tribulation. It rains on the just and the I told you, man, I'll read your Bibles here. That's a blessing. <laughs> so storms are going to happen. The difference between being a Christian in a storm and being an unbeliever in a storm is that I have Jesus in my storm. Over here, you're out here trying to make it work, and that's why people go to alcohol, drugs, sex, and things like that. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here saying I know what that's like. I've done it both ways, and let me tell you, this way is a whole lot better with Jesus in my boat during the storm. It's going to rock. It's going to roll either way, but I want Jesus in my boat in the storm. We're guaranteed to have storms in our life. That means we must be anchored. We must be anchored. In fact, to be Christ-like is to rest during the storm. You see... Christ was anchored while the disciples are running around and <laughs> yelling, while Pastor DJ's in a plane crying and looking at his life insurance policies. Jesus is resting. Now, how can, you, how can he rest? How can you rest in the middle? And I want to get some context. The men he was on the boat with, many of them were professional fishermen. So they, they weren't like 
being dramatic or, or they weren't being prima donnas. They knew this storm was bad. They probably said, Jesus, look, we, we do this every day. You might not know this, Rabbi, but we're fishermen, and this is getting really bad. Jesus knew how bad the storm was, and yet he was sleeping. Why? Because he was anchored. Somebody say anchored. anchored. I'm going to share three areas in which you need to be anchored. We want to be Christ-like, right? Who wants to be Christ-like? Who wants to be a Christian, right? I'm going to teach you how to be Christ-like through the storms of life. You guys want that? Amen. Amen. Well, look at that hungry church. I love expectation. Moves mountains. Hmm. Number one area we need to be anchored. This is the core foundation of where we are anchored. We need to be anchored in God's love for us. This is going to change your life, change my life. Number one thing is God loves me. We've all heard the scripture, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Think about it. How many people, uh, this, this is a scary question. We'll see how it goes here. How many people love me here? You can say, like, I love you, Pastor DJ. Right? There we go. Thank you. Okay. I, I was a little nervous at first. Y'all be quiet sometimes, you know, these questions. Uh, I thank you for loving me the way you do. I appreciate that. How many people here, you want to give a kid up for me? Come on. How many of y'all got kids and say, hey, guys, I'm in a pinch. I hear they're taking kids over there, and so I'm going to need your kid. Nobody, right? And you shouldn't do that. Please don't. I don't want them. I have enough of my own. But in all seriousness, <laughs> think about what it takes to give your son for people who have not even decided to take you. God loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you. When you're going through the storm, he loves you. When life is good, he loves you. That's how you stay anchored in the storm. Like, God, you love me. I know you do. Romans 8, 35 says this. For this is how God loved the world. No, that's John 3, 16. Romans 8, 35 says this. Can, we, can anything ever separate us from the love of Christ? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? You ever felt that way before? Or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Be honest. Have you ever felt like, God, I'm going through this. You must not love me. My kids are going through this. You must not love me. I'm about to lose my house, God. You must, you, you must have forgot about me. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Here's the answer from Paul. What does he say? No. Somebody say No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from Christ's love. So if you are in a storm, know that Christ loves you. Amen? Last scripture about being anchored in God's love. Ephesians 3, 17 says this, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted, being grounded. What does that sound like? An anchor. The DJ translation says, being anchored in love. 
may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. No matter, there's people here who have been Christians for 50 years. My brother, 86, 87 years old, been a Christian for a long time, pastor. All these years, we still cannot understand how much God loves us. That's why we start tripping in the middle of the storm, because you don't know how much God loves you. God loves you so much. Why would he give his son to let you die in the storm? Why would he buy you with the precious blood of Jesus Christ just to let you die, to let you wither away, to let you fail? Why? No, I'm anchored. Even if the storm comes, I know God has me. I'm going to make it through. Amen? Number two thing we need to be anchored in is Anchored in my purpose. Somebody say my purpose. Romans 8 and 28 says this, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan. Somebody say all things. That means the storms. That means the good times. That means everything. All things are working together for the good of those who what? Number one, love God. How many people love God here? Okay. Number two, those who are called. Say Somebody say I'm called. The called according to his plan and purpose. So if you are called, even the storms of life work together for your purpose. Wow. So you're saying that God loves me, so I'm not going to move in this storm. Number two, my purpose is anchored in knowing that everything is working together for my good. Purpose matters. Acts 27, 13 through 15 says this. This is Paul. He was a prisoner. This man had purpose. Can we agree Paul had purpose? He wrote over half the New Testament. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. They pulled up anchor. How many people have pulled up anchor in your life? Oh, yeah. God, I got this. I'm good. <laughs> they pulled up anchor, and they went sailing. Paul told them not to. But the weather changed abruptly, and the wind of the typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across, this, across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. A terrible storm raged for many days. We'll continue on, on here. Blotting out the sun and the stars until the last of all hope was gone. Ever felt like all hope was gone in the storm? Hmm. No one had eaten for days. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though this ship will go down. So let's, let's pause for a second. Paul, an apostle called of God. Number one, he was a prisoner at the time. He was on a boat in the middle of a storm, and the ship is going to go down. How many people would feel anointed and loved by God through all that? Okay. And Paul says this, that an angel of the Lord came to him. For last night, an angel of the Lord, to whom whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. 
What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Think about this for a second. Because Paul was on the ship, nobody on the ship could go down. Because you're in the ship, nobody can go down. Do you know that Jesus is in you? I need y'all to really walk with more confidence because Jesus, can I tell you when my ministry started really progressing is when I realized that it's Jesus. He's in me. He's flowing through me. I gave him my life. I said, God, this is your body. This is your hand. Every, this is yours, God. Go. Here's what I realized actually on that plane after I got done my life insurance policy is this. I got, God, it's like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, there's prophetic words over your life. You think you're going to go down that they have not been accomplished yet? You think this plane can go down? That plane can't go down. If it goes down, I'm going to live through it. Why? Because God has purposes. And all things work together for my good. Why? Because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. You could have got a cancer diagnosis. Guess what? If God says there's purpose in your life, you're not going down. You better go to chemo. You better pray. Do whatever it takes. But until you get through with your purpose, you cannot go. Otherwise, God is not omniscient. Otherwise, God, right? It's not over until you say it's over or until God says it's over. The half, the, can I tell you the purpose of the storm? The storm is to get you to forget the dominion that God gave you on the cross through Jesus Christ. So if you forget that, wow, I have dominion on the earth. I don't have to be subject to all this stuff. Or if I am subject to the storm, that means that, guess what? I'm going to make it through. So Satan, give me your best shot because I'm going to make it through. Why? Because I have dominion. That's why some of y'all need some Christian friends to go on vacation with because <laughs> maybe, maybe if you miss the mark you know, with some other Christians, the boat won't go down. Don't be out here cruising with them. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 276 people fights for saves. Can you imagine what we can do in Tampa Bay, what we can do in this community, what we can do around the world if each one of us goes in different places around the world and bring the Jesus with us? And we're anchored, and we know, yeah, okay, when I go to Africa, there's a witch doctor there trying to do this and this. Guess what? I got purpose here. People getting saved today. Bring your best shot. I'm going forward. You teach children's ministry, and God has been, and, 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 and God has been showing you who you are. Yet the devil wants to challenge you. Guess what? You got purpose. You cannot go down before your time. And here's the revelation I got. It's either my time to go and my assignment is done. Or I can't go because my time is not done. Either way, I win. Death has no sting. Grave has no victory when you are in Christ Jesus. That's what I mean. There's storms. You can do the storm without God, and grave got a whole lot of victory and sting in your life. But in the lives of believers, either I'm walking in my purpose and I can't go down, I can't be beat. Or it's time to go with Jesus and life is good. I win either way. You win either way. Amen. That's my anchor. The third anchor is this. Now, this is master's level stuff here now. Now, my iPad, we tried it. The devil's been, you know, the devil's sending a storm. I got like 1% left. I'm just going to preach this thing. You better, you better study the word at home if you're a preacher. You can't be coming here relying on notes. <laughs> I'm going to preach this thing and the spirit of God is going to move. Okay. The third anchor is this. 
This is master's level now. You guys ready? You guys, are you sure? You want this? The first two. Now, I'm, I'm going to warn you. I'm, I'm serious. I think I'm playing sometimes. The first two can get you through life. Right? You can make it through life if you know that God loves you. And if God loves you, you're going to make it through. The other one is like, I got a purpose. That means my purpose is not done. And God, the call according to God, I'm going to make it through. You can make it like that. There's another level to this. <laughs> Where when you walk down the street, people who are in certain activities can't even look you in the eye any longer. When you walk into your corporate office, all of a sudden things start shaking and moving. When you start singing, things start happening. The friends you used to have don't call you back anymore. Family members don't want to. So this, 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 is, this is master's level now. Are you sure you want this? You said you do. Okay, y'all say yes. When you are anchored in someone's breakthrough, the world around you will shift. You guys ready? Let's go to the scripture, the next scripture, please. So right after, right, this storm, this is right after the storm. Jesus says, peace be still. The disciples are like, wow, who's this guy? The same guy who was turning water into wine, of course. No. <laughs> they arrive in the region of the Gerasenes, across the lake from Galilee. And Jesus was climbing out of the boat, and a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. That means that the moment Jesus got there, he knew he was coming. How would a demon know? Do you think perhaps, and a lot of theologians believe this, that there was demonic principalities sending storms to stop Jesus from reaching there. Do you think there's any demonic principalities trying to stop you from reaching where God has called you to? Okay, okay, get ready, get ready. This is, this is, this is master's level now. They were caught, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him for a long time. He had been homeless, naked, living in the tombs outside of town. Can you imagine Somebody being naked, homeless, demon-possessed, oppressed. Think about this. He obviously didn't have a job. He's living in a cemetery. He didn't, probably lost his family, his children. You know anybody like that? Maybe not all those things, but some of those things. Maybe you came out of that, out of a place where homelessness, and you were stuck and oppressed and broken. And as soon as he saw Jesus, I'm coming to a close, brother. Thank you. Let's make this sound more spiritual now. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked. This is the demon. He shrieked. And he fell down in front of him. And then he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Jesus, son of the most high God. I don't need no notes. God is in me. Think about this for a second. Demons know who God is. He didn't say, who are you? He said, Jesus, Son, the most, the most high God. Who lives in you as a Christian? So when demons see you, what should they do? Run. This is, this is, this is next level. Please, I beg you. He, this is the demon talking to Jesus. Please don't torture me. The 
devil is afraid of the name of Jesus. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of this man. Even when he placed, when he was placed under guard, he put chains and shackles on him. So think about this. This is a man. Think about your brother, your dad, a cousin, your son. So broken down by demons, he's under restraints. People are shackling him. People are putting him under bondage. He lost his mind. His body's torn up, ravaged. He's butt naked in a cemetery. Think about that. That's your son. But he would simply just break those chains and rush out to the wilderness. So now he's in the wilderness. He was completely under the power of the demon. Can I tell you something? Here's why you're going to make it through the storm if you are really devoted to Jesus. Because there is somebody, there are some bodies in this world that are waiting on you to show up and the Jesus in you to get their breakthrough. I cannot die in the storm because somebody is waiting on me and the Jesus in me to see them delivered. I can't be taken out by debt. I can't be taken out by cancer. I can't be taken out by cardiovascular disease. I can't be taken out by mental disease. I can't be taken out. Why? Because I am belong to God. I'm a servant to God. Now, stuff may come, but it can't take me out. Why? There is a man, there's a woman somewhere waiting on deliverance. There's a man, there's a woman somewhere, there's a child waiting on you to get back and start teaching again. For some of you, there's a nation. There's nations waiting on you. All of creation is groaning. It's waiting for the revelation to know that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Creation is waiting for you to get it, to say, I'm a son. I can't be taken out by the storm because it's not my time. God loves me. I have purpose. And guess what? My purpose is to serve. So no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned. I am more than a conqueror in Christ. You see, once you know the word, every time a storm comes, you say, no, 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 no. This is who I am. The trick of the enemy is what he did from the very beginning in the garden. He tried to tell the Eve, hey, you'll be like God if you do this. Eve didn't realize she was already like God. The devil tries to come to you and tell you, you're not like God. You're not going to make it. You can't do it. You're not really called to that. God doesn't really love you. You don't have purpose. They don't need you. The only way you lose is if you accept that. That's the only way you lose. Game over. You have dominion. Dominion means not just good stuff happens, but when you say, yes, I accept that, that's yours. The prognosis. I'm not saying that storms don't happen. Storms happen. We lose loved ones. Diseases come. Our children are attacked. But I can't lose. I cannot lose. Why? Because God loves me. He loves my children. I'm the called according to his purposes and his plans. And somebody's waiting on you 
Somebody needs you. I break the spirit of selfishness. No more. No more just consuming, consuming, consuming. I want more. I need more. I need the hustle. I need, I need this. I need this. God is saying, will you trust me? I'll change your life. All the things that you want that you're trying to chase, I'll give to you. Why? Because when you're in my purpose, I'll resource what you need. You need health, I'll give you that. You need finances, I'll give you that. You need peace in your marriage, I'll give you that. But you have to stay in the storm long enough. Don't get weary in well-doing, because in due season, you will reap what? If you faint not. So the moment that you faint on that boat, that is when it capsizes and it's over. And God is gracious. So many times we faint, he gets us about the water like Peter. Come on, let's get out the boat. Could you imagine if you were anchored? The problems you used to face last year, you shouldn't face no more. We're going from faith to faith, victory to victory. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up if they're not already up there. So. And we're going to worship. God is doing two things today. And if you can't, pray, pray in your seat right now. We're creating an atmosphere. Pray in the spirit. God is doing spiritual things right now. We're going to worship. Number one thing he's going to do is there's people here. Yeah, there's people here who have been beat up by life storms and you've quit. You're here today. You're showing up because you believe there is a God, but you believe this God isn't for you all the time. God is going to shift you today. Like that man in the cemetery, maybe you feel like all hope is lost. You're oppressed. It's not over. Maybe you came today because you're waiting on breakthrough. Breakthrough's here. Do you believe that? So here's what I'm going to do. Actually, I have, two, I have two more things I want to share. Number one, the enemy sends these storms in your life for a reason. It's to annihilate your purpose. The enemy wants to annihilate the very purpose of God on your life. He comes to what? John 10, right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How many people, you don't have to raise your hand, have felt like, God, I serve you. I try to do the right things. I know I'm not perfect, but I try to do the right things, and life is crumbling all around me. It's so hard. I, I, I'm waiting on a breakthrough. The enemy wants you to give up. Because he knows, like Jesus, there's somebody waiting right there for you. Once The moment you get off that boat, the moment you get out the storm, there's somebody waiting. So if he can stop you in your purpose of reaching the island before there, he did his job. See, he lost you. You're here. You're a Christian. Right? You believe in God. But there is a whole nation of people. That man who got saved, who got delivered, became an evangelist and spread the name of Jesus all around. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that about you? Who would have thought that about me? You go back to Illinois, ask some, ask some people about me. <laughs> Old me, not me now. Who would have thought this man would be up here preaching, anointed, full of God? I'm confident. I'm not afraid of who I am. Who 
would have thought only by the grace of God? Don't be scared of who you are. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Say, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. Jesus is in me. He works through me. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm anchored. Y'all not saying enough for me. Y'all come to me. Breakthrough. The storm is sent to annihilate, to destroy your purpose. Jesus doesn't send the storm. What he can do, he can use the storm to anoint you for your purpose. What does that mean? I'll give you some personal testimonies. When we almost, I've told the story before, when we almost lost our house, I lost my job, another job, this is a different job I lost. I lost a lot of jobs, y'all. <laughs> Laid off, I wasn't getting fired, y'all. <laughs> Layoffs, man, I'll tell you. Almost lost our house. We had to go to the food pantry just to get food. in business administration, right? Shouldn't that have been my anchor? The anchor was gone. They didn't care about no MBA. Layoffs. The pressing of almost losing my house. We got to know it's pre-foreclosure. That was one time I was like, well, God, this is over, I guess, right? No, God sustained us through that storm. And from that storm, no, yeah, go ahead. Give Jesus praise. That storm, what happened was this. Me and Denise got a heart for those that are poor. See, what the devil meant for my evil, God turned for my good. What happened was I could relate to people who were about to lose their house. I could relate to people who were at the food pantry before I couldn't relate. Let's be real. When I see somebody in need now, oh no. And guess what? God can bring resources through me and get them out. Why? Because my heart is soft because I've been through it. I'm anointed. The storm is sent to kill me, but God used it to anoint me. I know what it's like to pray for your kid. You're like, God, I need breakthrough for my child. I need breakthrough for my child, God. I need to see it, God. Don't you love me, God? time a storm comes, I'm going to start prophesying. I'm going to start preaching. The very thing you want to attack, I'm going to go. So you want to bring a sickness against my kids? Guess what? I'm going to pray for every kid I see. I'm going to lay hands on people all up and down. I'm going to go into children's hospital and lay it out. I dare the devil to bring a storm into your life. Why? I'm anointed for what the storm tried to kill me with. You're anointed for what the storm tried to kill you with. You try to bring cancer against you, guess what? You're anointed. Go pray for some people with cancer and see what God will do. I dare you. So you start going from fear of storms to say, become a storm chaser. I dare you to bring a storm, because that storm brings anointing. You guys believe me? Whatever you're going through right now, shift your perspective. Shift. Shift. Stop saying, I'm a victim, God, where are you? To saying, I'm a victor, because you've already won the battle. 
All I got to do is weather it long enough. And why weather it? I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to remember how you took me through the last time. And from that point is my victory. That means that no devil, no principality, nothing can stop me from reaching my destiny. I'm going to stay in this boat. It might be rocking. It might be shaking. I might get bad news, but I'm not giving up. Why? Because I am anchored. Somebody say anchored. I am anchored by the love of God. I'm anchored in my purpose, and I'm anchored because people are dependent on me for breakthrough, dependent on you for breakthrough. Somebody's waiting on you to say yes. We're going to worship. If this word resonated with you, I ask that you come up to the altar right now and worship. Don't come up. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I love y'all. Let me start by saying that. Sometimes we come up, right, and I'm going I'm to teach you how to flow in the things of God. Amen. Can I, can I do that as your, as your campus pastor? When you come up here and you like this, it's cool. But imagine if you pressed in and worshiped. Where there's honor, there's breakthrough. Some of you are saying, God, I need breakthrough. I, I, I've had a hard heart because I've been disappointed in life. I lost a loved one. I lost a child. I lost a parent. I've never been the same. God wants to heal that heart today. And that's you run up here. Number two, God is saying, he wants to remind you of his love again. I want to remind you that I love you. God is going to touch you today. The third thing is this. This is for the people who got the master's degree. And no one knows which one you are, so it's okay. You said, Pastor, I am going to walk not only my purpose, but I'm going to walk in a purpose that's for someone else's breakthrough. I'm going to impart into you power from God. You're going to walk in such power that when you go, demons are going to flee, people are going to get healed, the sick are going to get healed. Why? That's your right. That's your privilege. As a son and daughter of God, do you know who you are? here, I want you to worship and worship Jesus. Create an atmosphere where God says, I'm coming there. I'm coming there. Where they are, I'm coming right there because I'm being celebrated. I'm being loved on. I'm coming there. They want to be used, I'm coming there. They see people's breakthrough, I'm coming there. No storm can take you out. The rain can come, the wind can blow, but you are solid. You cannot be moved. Why? You're loved, you have purpose, and you are called to someone's breakthrough.